Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. Welcome to Initiated Survivor, where we connect to our fiercest fuck community of survivors and badassery ensues. I'm Kelsey Harper. I'm a clinical psychologist and survivor, and I love to bring us together to share our stories as well as practical tips to recover and reclaim our lives. As a community, we have truly formidable power to change our world, so thank you so much for being here. Here, we discuss topics relevant to survivors of gender-based violence. Some of these discussions may be triggering and contain adult content. Please be mindful of your needs throughout. everyone. Welcome back to Initiated Survivor. Today, I wanted to share about a concept, idea, and skill called radical genuineness. It's one of my favorites to discuss. It's one of my favorites to practice. I have a strong personal value around authenticity and being really real and feeling connected to myself and connecting with other people being themselves. And this is a skill that really helps with that. I think of radical genuineness as ultimately say what you mean as you are, that this is a skill and as well also a principle or personal value. To me, it's connected to authenticity. It can also be connected to being honest in communication and being honest in relationships as well. And it can be a personal value for quite a few people. That radical genuineness is similar to a value of being real or true to oneself through and through, that you're true to yourself with the way that you think about yourself, the way that you consider yourself, you're true to yourself with your actions as well as with your words and your expression. So this can actually be really difficult for a lot of people. I know that radical genuineness was very difficult for me, which I think is part of why I love this skill and this idea, because it not only was difficult for me, but in the process of learning radical genuineness and practicing it, it also was really reparative to me for the things that were creating barriers. So what makes this hard for people to do? Trauma. Trauma makes this very hard for people. When we are in our mind in a survival mode, whether that's fight or flight or freeze or fawn, when we're in survival mode, our brain is thinking about strategies to stay alive and to reduce harm, not necessarily on how to relate or how to express ourselves. And so when our brain is hardwired to prioritize this survival, and if our survival is at any point tied to placating or pleasing somebody else, or masking or hiding our feelings, our brain may actually be shaped to be sensitive to what other people want and expect from us. And we may shape ourselves to meet those expectations and forego authenticity because our true real feelings might be considered threatening. So this is kind of that fawn response placating or people pleasing. And for some people, This is something that they've experienced chronically throughout their life. And especially if this was an experience early in their life or early in childhood, when their brain is growing and developing and their sense of self is growing and developing, then this can actually become more of a template and a very firm foundation for how one interacts with themselves and with other people. And so we can 
as a template decide that we're engaging with people from the perspective of reading what it is that they want from us and giving that to them as a way of being able to make it out of that situation or out of that conversation intact and alive, making sure that that's how we get our needs met is by pleasing other people and not see or realize that our own expression, our authentic self and therefore authentic relationships are not being accessed or built in that. Some other experiences that can make this hard, for example, like experiences of domestic violence, intimate partner violence, sexual abuse or sexual assault or rape, narcissistic abuse, family systems, you know, where there is this strong push for being there for others and being of service to others, families that experience addiction, this kind of thing can happen where we get shaped into trying to manage another person or trying to manage a relationship over being able to be ourselves. And that in many of these experiences of relationships, especially the ones where there is abuse or trauma happening, whether that's narcissism or violence, that all is going to activate that survival system and tell us that we need to be shaped to meet this other person's expectations ultimately and to really hide our true self out of interest of making sure this other person is okay. The thing to keep in mind about this, these are automatic instinctual responses. When I say like we decide to do this, it's more like our brain and our instincts decide to do this. We don't necessarily consciously jump into deciding to people please or placate. We can over time, especially as we are becoming safer and safer, whether that's with getting out of those systems, getting out of those relationships, getting into safe places, we can start to practice self-observation, mindfulness of ourself. And notice when people pleasing and placating comes up and urges to placate and people please come up and start to change that. These ultimately are automatic instinctual responses. Family systems will shape us and shape our mind to placate and not necessarily explore the world, right? So when we are centering placating another person, making sure another person either in the family system or in our relationship is okay, these natural developmental processes that we're supposed to go through of exploring the world, learning from the world, falling and making mistakes, learning about ourselves, connecting with what we truly value and what matters to us, we don't really have those experiences. So that also can make radical genuineness difficult because being genuine requires that we know our own self. And so if we haven't taken the time to explore those things because we've been in a family system that caused us to have to really focus on another person, then we may not have actually done that exploration to have that basis of how to be genuine. But it can be a very powerful skill that is not only a skill that we practice, but is a reparative skill that facilitates encountering ourselves and expressing ourselves. So radical genuineness is both what we say and how we say it. With what we're saying with radical genuineness, we're going to be saying things that are self-validating. We're going to be expressing what our feelings and needs are and reflecting that to people exactly as those feelings and needs exist. We can validate ourselves and say like, it's okay for me to feel this way. It's understandable that I feel this way. We also think about accurate expression being really key to radical genuineness. 
And radical genuineness, when we use the word radical, what we mean is that you're doing this with your full self, your mind, your body, your heart, your soul, everything is in this moment of being completely transparent and genuine in this moment. Your whole self is being genuine. And so when we think about accurate expression, what accurate expression means is that I'm expressing things exactly as they are. I'm not exaggerating them and I'm not minimizing them. I'm not shrinking my expressions to be able to fly under the radar or to make sure everybody feels okay. I'm not exaggerating my expression in order to make sure that I get the support that I need. I'm saying it exactly as it is. What I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm sensing, what body sensations are coming up, what I want, what I like, what I don't like, what I don't want. Those are all great things for radical genuineness to express to people. And we also, as part of radical genuineness, is we are expressing radical self-acceptance. Because in radical genuineness, sometimes we're admitting things like, I actually don't know. I don't have the answer right now. I need to take time to think about this. I'm noticing inside of myself that I'm having a bit of a reaction and I want to pause and be able to get through that reaction before I respond to your question right now. This is really hard. I need more time. All of these things, when we create space for ourselves to have reactions, to have responses, to need more time, to not have the answers, we're actually walking a path of radical self-acceptance. We're allowing ourselves to be a human. And this can be such a powerful and healing experience to have that we're showing ourselves that non-judgmental acceptance that we're wanting from others. How we say it with radical genuineness, this is how we say the things that we're saying. So when we are expressing ourselves, we're saying things transparently. We're letting the person witness our internal process of thought, feeling, and sensing. That's part of what we're saying. We're saying, I'm sensing, I'm feeling, I'm doing this. But we're also allowing them to witness us in real time experiencing those things. So we say it exactly how we are. We say it in the way and the manner that I, that we express things. So when we're speaking genuinely, we use our own language. We use our own mannerisms, our own expressions, our own way of inflections. We use all of our own behavior of communicating of what feels right in that moment to us and how we're going to express that. This also means that radical genuineness is a time when we don't necessarily use coded language to express something with a certain tone, or we don't necessarily use jargon or specifically professional language, we use more personal language. We connect in a personal way and we express ourselves as the person that we are. Part of why this is so key of being expressive as we are, how we are, is that it does allow people to experience us exactly as we are. That not just what we're saying, but how we're saying it is also showing them who we are and it's showing ourselves who we are. So this is in our language, our tone, our body language, our behavior, our facial expressions, all of these things. This too can be hard for people who have experienced trauma or who 
tend towards people pleasing to really understand within themselves how they would express something genuinely. And really, it's just something that takes practice. Radical genuineness is not a target or a goal. It is a practice that we continue to build over time. And so this is where mindfulness as a skill and a practice also comes in as a really important component to radical genuineness. In order to be able to know what is really transparent and genuine within ourselves in any given moment, we have to be mindful of ourselves. We have to practice the the art of self-observation. We observe ourselves, our thoughts, our feelings, our body sensations, our action urges, and we also put words to all of those things that we observe to describe it. And this takes practice as well. It's a mindfulness exercise. And the more that we practice observing ourselves and putting words to this, the more that we're going to be able to share that with other people. So this is something that you can start doing with doing facilitated guided mindfulness practices where you are sitting in observation of yourself. You're checking in with your emotions, body sensations, thoughts, action urges. You're putting words to that. You're describing it out loud and practicing how to observe oneself without judgment. Because remember, those core tenets of mindfulness practices are non-judgmental stance, being one mindful, so this is the only thing that you're doing in this moment, and being effective, doing what works. And non-judgmental stance is a key part of that. The radical genuineness is ultimately an act of validation. Because we show up exactly as ourselves for this other person, we are validating our whole self in that moment by allowing our whole self to be there. We're saying, I get to exist exactly as I am in this moment. And that's deeply, deeply validating and therefore can be deeply very healing for us. So this radical genuineness validates ourselves by declaring ourselves as we are and inherently accepting ourselves without judgment. And that's the key, right? Without judgment, we're here to express ourselves without the judgment of how we should express ourselves, how we should be heard, how we should be feeling. Instead, we are actually just feeling and expressing what that is. Radical genuineness is also validating to other people. When we show up for other people exactly as our full true self, it invites them to show up as their true self as well. We're saying, I'm being open and vulnerable and completely authentic here. And that I'm creating a space for you to also be completely authentic here as well. It's communicating to people that you exist and you matter in this moment. So I will fully be here as I am with you in this moment. Now, radical genuineness is not the same thing as having no boundaries. This isn't the same thing as I have to tell people all of the things that are going on inside of me at all times and I can't keep anything private. That's not the same thing. Boundaries are also genuine. So having boundaries and disclosing things to people that feel in line with the trust that I have with them and appropriate to the relationship I have with them is what is genuine. And sometimes even saying when someone asks it for information you don't want to give them, being like, I'm not comfortable sharing that with you just yet. You know, that's actually not something that I'm open to sharing can be a very radically genuine expression that doesn't feel appropriate for our relationship for me to discuss that with you. 
or, you know, that's actually really important for me to keep that private. Expressing those boundaries is a very radically genuine thing to do, that you only disclose and reveal things about yourself to the degree of trust and vulnerability you have with a person and in the nature of that relationship. Boundaries are a very genuine act. So radical genuineness might take a lot of practice to feel skillful and masterful at it. I know for me, it definitely did. This is something that I still work on today. I really feel like I haven't really been masterful or at least consistent in practicing it until really the last two years, maybe. And I've been working at this for several, several years, in part because I do think that radical genuineness for me had to take a reparative process as part of it in order for me to really land in it and feel comfortable with that. And so what that looked like was me over time, slowly contending with my fears around being authentic with people, my urges to just constantly placate or please people or just give them what they're looking for, and also connect with my value of wanting to truly be seen, wanting to have relationships that really are seeing me as I am and accepting me as I am. One of the things that I noticed for myself was in all of these relationships that I was cultivating where I was being mindful of what other people wanted and expected from me and doing that for them, that I felt incredibly lonely. That because people were not seeing me as I am, they weren't understanding me as I am. I wasn't sharing things with them. I wasn't getting connection to social support. And I felt very, very lonely in those relationships. I would spend all this time with all these people and then come home feeling exhausted because I spent the entire time performing and trying to make sure that they felt okay and wasn't really true to myself or getting my needs met. And my full self really felt very hidden. I had this sense of not really being known by other people for a very long time because I felt it was incredibly important to stay very hidden and to keep those vulnerable parts of myself very protected. So over time, you know, with practicing radical genuineness, it meant really contending with those urges and contending with where those urges come from, the fear around what would happen if I was radically genuine with people, that the fear that people would judge me or the fear that I would lose relationships or that I would be hurtful to other people or the judgment that being honest is hurtful to other people and that people wouldn't be able to tolerate me being truthful or honest with them about who I am, or the sense that if I was open and honest with people or if I shared some of these vulnerable parts of me, some of those things being like how much I love creative things, like how much I love writing and sharing my stories with people, how much I love playing music and being clumsy with my cello and squawking quite a lot and finally, you know, pulling out a song that eventually sounds really nice. Like sharing all of those kinds of things with people. And there was always this fear that somehow the beauty of that experience or the goodness of that experience would be stolen. It reminds me of this quote from Stephen King about writing that always really rang true for me. And this is how I always felt around the risks with radical genuineness. And this is what Stephen King said. The most important things are the hardest to say. They are the things you get ashamed of because words diminish them. Words shrink things that seemed limitless when they were in your head to no more than living size when they're brought out. 
But it's more than that, isn't it? The most important things lie too close to wherever our secret heart is buried, like landmarks to a treasure our enemies would love to steal away. And you may make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you in a funny way, not understanding what you said at all, or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried while you were saying it. That's the worst, I think, when the secret stays locked within, not for want of a teller, but for want of an understanding ear. And for me, that was that sense of that sharing these vulnerable things with me, sharing my truth with people would diminish how I understand myself because it becomes now real and living size outside of me. And also when something becomes real and living size outside of us, it now exists where other people witness it and are going to react to it and their reaction and their response. How is that going to affect me? How is that possibly going to change or shape what I'm sharing with people? Can it have an effect on that? And slowly over time, what I learned was that actually this thing becoming real living size in front of me still exists in its limitless place within me as well. And that sharing it with other people doesn't threaten that limitless place within me at all. And that if I'm in a relationship with someone who actively diminishes these things that I'm bringing out from within me, that's a great indicator that this relationship is not for me. And I know that's easier said than done because that fear of losing relationships and being left completely alone gets activated and we would rather be with people who don't know us, don't see us than to be alone. The more that I practiced this, I saw that I actually was able to then create relationships with people who saw me as I am who didn't diminish these things that came out from within me, who actually were interested in encouraging me to allow them to continue to be limitless within me and to support that limitlessness. And that's been such a powerful healing tool or healing experience to have, to have relationships with people who continue to support the limitless places within you. And we don't really get to meet those people unless we're being totally genuine with everyone in our lives and getting to understand and see how they respond to that. When we're radically genuine, they're radically genuine back and that tells us who they are and that lets us know, is this a relationship for us to continue with? But this type of practice, radical genuineness, can feel so clumsy and awkward at times, especially when we're accustomed to people-pleasing or being really guarded in conversations. It can feel like we're saying one thing and then we have to stop and we're, we're going to restate it and we're not quite sure how to say the authentic, genuine thing when we're trying so hard to say the people-pleasing thing, but we're trying to back away from that. And we can even speak to that sense of clumsiness and awkwardness in a way that is also radically genuine, that really shares our humanity with people, saying something like, wow, I'm finding it really hard to find the right words to say what I mean right now. So hold on a minute while I, I think about this. Or, oh, I'm sorry, this is coming out so clumsy. You know, I hope that you can understand what I'm saying. Or, wow, I just feel like I'm tripping over my words right now. But I think this is what I mean to say. 
And that radical genuineness is ultimately foundational to true self-compassion and self-acceptance. And I'm going to expand more on self-compassion in a future episode because I think self-compassion is also an incredibly reparative tool and principle and value to guide our lives by, especially for survivors. But that radical genuineness is a component to radical self-acceptance and self-compassion because we have that mindfulness of ourselves where we're observing ourselves non-judgmentally. We're validating ourselves and validating our experiences by speaking it out loud, by allowing it to exist. We're witnessing ourselves and we're witnessing other people witnessing ourselves. And we are fully expressing ourselves all without judgment. And what I mean by without judgment, it means that we're letting go of the shoulds. Instead of saying what I should think and should feel or what should be and shouldn't be, I'm allowing things to be exactly as they are, what I do feel, what I do think. And that also opens us up to change. When we are radically genuine in sharing our thoughts and feelings, we get to continue to learn and grow because we get feedback from people, right? And I know it can be so scary to be open to feedback because it also means being open to criticism, being open to rejection, to being open to being told that you made a mistake or you did something hurtful to somebody. And at the same time, that that's what helps us learn and grow and really expand. And I know so many of us as survivors, our values are to continue to learn and to grow and to evolve and to progress, especially in our movement to really establish a safe and just world for everyone. And in order to do that, we have to be open to feedback and to change. And radical genuineness really helps us with that. The more that we witness and express ourselves, we invite acceptance and express acceptance and compassion will come naturally from that. So I hope that this can inspire some ideas on how to practice more genuineness with yourself and with some of your close relationships. You can definitely test this out with a trusted friend, speaking more genuinely and authentically, or even just talking about what it means to be genuine and authentic and what happens for you around times when you feel genuine and authentic and how that feels for you. And I will be speaking with all of you again very soon. Thank you all for joining us in this episode and connecting with our badass community. Thank you to Sam Valentine and her awesome team at Fast Forward Productions for producing, editing, publishing, and all around making this podcast possible. If you found something in this episode that resonated with you, please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. This quick but meaningful action supports the show and helps make us more visible to other survivors and allies who might be looking for support and connection. I love connecting with listeners, survivors, and allies. So if you found something in this episode useful or interesting, please screenshot the episode and share it on your stories and tag me at Initiated Survivor. An important and final note, while I am a clinical psychologist, this episode and podcast is not a replacement for mental health care. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Neither the host nor the guests are rendering mental health or other professional advice. And this podcast does not constitute an established professional relationship. If you are looking for mental health care or professional help, please seek it out. We have some links in the show notes that may assist with this, or you can contact your insurance carrier for a referral. Thank you.